Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 709. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about the cycle of the stock market decline, because something really unusual is going on with this decline. I'm going to show it to you in a graph that you can take a look at, but there's some uncanny resemblances to the declines of 2000 and 2008 that are happening with this very decline that we are experiencing right now. And you might say, what decline? Aren't we over it? Isn't the market rebounding? Isn't it going to new highs? And I would say, No, I think we're actually in a bounce and I think this is a pause. It's a retracement from the lows that has bounced up 50%, which coincidentally or not, in 2000 and 2008, those declines did the same thing before resuming their decline. So how could this be? Well, if you've read my book, You're Already a Wealth Heiress, You know, chapter three deals with the nature of bubbles and cycles. And I actually talk about how cycles do repeat and we see them at different times in the economy. We see them, of course, in the seasons. We see them in a lot of different things around us. In fact, an organization called the Foundation for the Study of Cycles was the first one to discover that there are 4,200 cycles on the planet that have been documented by the Foundation for the Study of Cycles. And I'll just read a little bit from my book. And I'm talking about Edward Dewey here, again, who Herbert Hoover hired, an economist that was hired to find out what caused the depression. Following the 1929 crash and resulting depression, he found that cycles were more useful for predicting economic events than any amount of economic theory that he had learned. Prominent entrepreneurs like George Westinghouse started backing the research, Other important businessmen in 1931 heard about the project and formed a committee. Out of that committee, the Foundation for the Study of Cycles was born. FSC's founding members included people such as the director of the Bank of England, executives from the Smithsonian, Harvard, Yale, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Carnegie Institute, Princeton University, McGill University, and representatives from the United Nations. Later, a vice president of the United States and billionaire investors would become prominent members. The research was astonishing. Economic cycles repeat just like months and seasons do. Edward Dewey stumbled on a series of coincidences that were not only financial, but also extended into weather patterns, migration, animal populations, interest rates, business sales, wars, and plagues. Cycles not only apply to the economy, they exist throughout nature. So I'm going to show you the similarities between this decline and those other two declines I mentioned from 2000 to 2008. But before I do that, I want to 
review with you a couple of things that have just happened. And that is that the President of the United States has just said that the economy in the United States is going to open, that some states will be opening sooner than others. It sounds like approximately 20 states, maybe more, maybe less, but it sounded to me like around 20 were having pretty good experience, that means low numbers, of people who were ill and therefore would be able to open. These would be, I would imagine, states like Wyoming and Idaho that didn't have as many people get sick, but we shall see. We'll see who opens and who opens first. Of course, we know that New York has been having the greatest difficulty, so we don't expect that will be New York. And we wish everyone there well and hope for a speedy recovery and a speedy resolution of the whole situation. So that news in and of itself is going to cause people to start thinking differently. It's going to cause CEOs to start making plans, to start thinking about hiring their people back, to start wondering about when they can open their restaurants again, ordering food for the restaurant again. There's all kinds of activity that is going to go into this decision. So are we out of the woods yet? Heavens, no. You see, What happened to us is like we were in a car driving 70 miles an hour and we just slammed into a brick wall. Then we got taken to the hospital where we weren't able to work and we weren't able to earn an income during that time for many people. So we were in the hospital recuperating and now some of those states are going to be reopened, which means some people will be allowed to go back to work. Now, for some people, They've been in an industry that might have fared through this very well in terms of they might have been functioning at their job, such as working at a grocery or being in healthcare. And for those of you who have been essential workers, we say thank you, thank you, thank you. We are so grateful for the people who kept this economy going, who kept our country going, who kept food coming to the stores, who kept treating the sick and That was really amazing, and you all who have been doing that should be commended. I think you deserve a long vacation for what you were able to do. For some other people, they might have been able to continue to function, people in financial services, people in technology. Certain industries could work from home pretty well. And then there are the people that could not work at all, so they had to go home and were not able to do any work because their work did not translate to being open from home, such as people who work in restaurants or people who work in the travel industry. So people are in different situations and different circumstances, but we basically as an economy have been like a patient in the hospital who's about to be released. And now that the patient's going to be released from the hospital, the question is, how quickly does the patient get back to 100% functioning? And I think the answer is that many different industries are going to accelerate at different rates. Some will be able to come back right away and others will be a little bit slower coming back. But you know what's really interesting? I read a statistic today that 40% of some future cruises are already booked, as well as the airfare to go along with it. So some people are making plans for when the virus is no longer here, 
and they are expecting to be able to travel again. And quite a few people have been thinking this way. So that was very interesting to me. I was quite surprised and taken aback to hear that. They may be putting themselves at risk. They may not. That maybe we'll see. We will find out. I'm sure people listening have a strong opinion one way or the other, but we're not going to get into that right now. But the point is that with these 20 states reopening and then potential for many more states reopening, possibly by May 1st, that means we're getting the patient back to work, things can start up again, and we can start thinking about generating revenue for publicly traded companies, which will mean that the stock market will be helped. So a couple of the questions that we've been asking is when are fewer people going to be getting sick? And when is the economy going to reopen? And it seems like we're coming into a point in time where both of those questions are going to be able to be answered. And if that's so, then just maybe the worst might be behind us. But what is behind us actually is still going to haunt us a little bit because that chasm is still occurring even after the U.S. economy opens up. And what I mean by that is it's the murkiness of not being able to see clearly what a company's earnings are going to be or how fast they're going to get ramped up back to where they used to be or whether they can get all their employees hired back how soon they're going to be back at work, how soon they can be productive again, if they can be productive at the levels they were productive at before, or is social distancing at work going to keep them from being as productive? There's all kinds of questions we still don't know the answers to, and we're still relatively in a chasm, even if the economy opens up and people are back at work. It's not like we can just flip a switch and everything gets back to the way it was 100%. That's just not going to happen. So what I'm saying is we've got some murkiness in terms of what is going to be going on in the next few months. And while I've been telling you that people are going to look past the chasm, they also don't know when they're going to be back to where they were before, if they can, if they can get back to the profitability, if they can get back to the revenues, if they can get back to where they were, because the stock market functions as a mathematical formula. And the formula is taking the stock market's earnings times a multiple and then figuring out where the proper level is for the S&P 500. And when people do that right now, it's still far below where we are today, which means the market will likely go lower before it goes higher. And that's my point. I think we have to go down and test the lows, and it's likely we will make new lows, especially when you consider in 2008, which we're tracking pretty closely, that the market finally bottomed when it was down 56%. Now we went down 32% on the S&P 500. We didn't go anywhere near 56%. And if that's the case, then we have more downside to come. If we are tracking 2008, that means we're not even halfway to the bottom yet which is a scary thing to think about. And I don't mean to scare you, but I do mean to share with you this uncanny resemblance of what is going on with 2000 and 2008. 
And this is so unusual that I really wanted to do this podcast about it. For some of you, you might just ignore it and think it's no big deal. But listen to this. In 2001, we had a bottom at March 23rd, a retracement of 50%, and then the stock market went much lower. In 2008, we had a big drop. It bottomed on March 21st, retraced 50%, and went much lower for a 56% total drop. And now we had a decline of 32% that bottomed on March 23rd and now has retraced itself 50%. And what I'm saying is when you look at this chart, it definitely will be going down to test the bottom. And if those lows don't hold, we will go lower. And here's why I think we will go through those old lows. Because of what I just explained, because when you take the earnings times a factor or multiple, which is usually a factor of about 17 for fair value of the stock market, when you multiply that, it comes out somewhere around 2,500 on the S&P 500. And the S&P 500 closed Tuesday at 2,846. So I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm not saying it to be negative. I'm saying it to give you some words of caution that people have gotten extremely bullish right now. People are overconfident that the market's going to go higher and they think that the bottom is in. And I'm telling you from this cycle repeating pattern and you have to see this chart and I'll put it on my website at lindapjones.com forward slash podcast. It will be in this podcast episode show notes and I can't put an attachment in the iTunes show notes. So you have to go to my website. I'm sorry to make you go there, but you have to go there to see the chart. So it is uncannily similar to these other two declines that we've had and does appear to be a cycle. So I have been advising you to raise some cash on this bounce as you heard in my last podcast about creating a plan. And if you haven't listened to that, I really recommend you listen to creating a plan. And I talked about raising maybe 25% cash, getting some money set aside in case we go lower. So you can make some opportunistic buys. But here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to get overconfident that you think the market has put in a bottom. People are talking about doing very risky things because they think it's all clear. They think the worst is behind us. And while I'm very optimistic that the worst will be behind us in a few months, until then, we definitely could go lower, quite a bit lower. So I just want to caution you to have that plan. You either are going to raise some cash and take advantage of those lower lows, or you're going to decide to be ironproof and ride through the possibility of a much lower situation. So take a look at this chart and see what you think. And I'm going to repeat that I think we have three to four months of choppiness, volatility, possibly new lows, but it is going to be all over the place crazy volatility, some probably dramatic bad news about bankruptcies or credit failures. Who knows? I just think the potential 
for bad news surprises is out there. And any surprise that hasn't already been considered could definitely send this market lower. Now, once we get through the summer and the economy is a little bit more back on track, and then certainly when we get to the fourth quarter and things are running a lot better, it's going to be a completely different story. And I'm very positive for the second half of the year. But I do want to give you a big caution flag for this summer, okay? So I just want you to expect that it's quite possible that we are experiencing a cycle that is repeating and we could be going lower. It's always good to keep a long-term perspective and realize that if you have cash available, some bargains can be had that if you have a three to five year or 10 year time horizon could be an amazing time to buy. Dollar cost averaging is always your friend. And if you see any declines of maybe 5% in a day, that might be an opportune time to do some dollar cost averaging in. And remember, if you don't raise cash during a bounce like this, when the market's up, I don't want you to try to raise cash when the market's down. That's the worst time to sell because you'll miss any bounce and making back your money. The best thing you can do when the market's down is hold through it and wait until it bounces again. But since we've made a 50% retracement off the low, this is an opportune time to do some selling and raise some cash. So since we've had really strong performance and bounced really sharply up, this would be the opportune time to sell. Not when the market's down, certainly not if it goes down to new lows. Do not panic at the bottom and sell. That's not the time to do it. The time to do it is on a bounce like this, okay? So hang in there, we will get through this. We're going to be reopening the economy and that's very exciting as long as it's done safely. And I hope everyone is staying in good health and staying safe and we wanna maintain that safety for everyone. And at the same time, it's exciting that we will see the economy open. I think we're gonna have some important guidelines that all the states follow to make this a very successful reopening and a healthy reopening. And we are looking forward to moving forward and hopefully someday getting back to normal or whatever the new normal is. So again, this chart will be on my website at lindapjones.com forward slash podcasts. It's under podcast 709. You can just go to my website, go to the podcast page, look for podcast 709. And in the show notes, there will be this chart. You have to see it. It's really quite uncanny. And if you're interested in reading my book, You're Already a Wealth Heiress and learning more about cycles, a lot of people tell me that was their favorite chapter. You can find that in the show notes as well. You can buy it through Amazon or amazon.uk or any local bookstore. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.